It's Richard Ellis Talks with founding pastor of Reunion Church in the heart of downtown Dallas, Richard Ellis. Whether you find yourself in a good place or a difficult place, perhaps even in a very lonely place, you've come to the right place. A place to hear that you matter, to hear that you're loved, and that's something everyone desperately needs to hear. Now, if you're not able to enjoy today's entire program, just go to the website, richardellistalks.com. All of these video talks plus hundreds of audio talks are waiting to encourage you, challenge you, and to give you hope at richardellistalks.com. So with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Take a Stand. It is hard to take a stand when you're sitting on your butts. It's all about how you spell that word, and it can go either way. You cannot take a stand sitting on your rear. I don't know if he's here today, but uh, one of the guys in our church is a Brazilian, actually world champion, jiu-jitsu fighter, and a Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter. And I've shared this before, but it still sticks with me. I went to see him fight one time, and I didn't even know this was a thing. So, guys, I'm going to sit down. So he... He comes out, his opponent comes out, and he does this. He sits down. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? So his opponent would come at him, and he would start spinning. And you think, well, how's he going to win? His opponent knew that when he took a seat, he was taking a stand. Because he had that guy wrapped up in a few minutes. So there are times... When you have to take a seat to take a stand. A lady here today has a t-shirt on. It says, nah, N-A-H, and it's Rosa Park. Uh, She took a stand by taking a seat, right? You say, well, what was the consequence of that? Let me tell you something about people who take a stand. They're not so much worried about the consequence because they're more worried about the consequence of not taking a stand, Who will I be and what will happen to me and my family and my world if I don't take a stand? Not what's going to happen. So when are you going to get up? What would it take to get you up if you're not already up? How long can you sit and sit and sit on your butts? Well, I would say something, but. I would do something, but. Now, unfortunately, in our world today, the people who don't believe in God or anything about God too many times are the people who take a stand. And they don't care. And they're a formidable force. Because they don't care if you like them, they have a cause, and they take a stand. And so they stand up, and then Christians sit and look at them and go, well, I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? See, I'm afraid too. Not in the kind of way you think. I will take a stand before Jesus one day, and he will ask me some questions. I will give an account for what I did and did not do and the stands I took or did not take. And so I am way more concerned about that than somebody liking me down here. Exodus 14, verse 9. This is the Moses leading the people out of Israel. 
So just before we get into this a little bit, let me add this. In the Old Testament, the battles were primarily physical battles. In the New Testament, the battles are spiritual. Okay, so you see imagery, and where you see in the Old Testament God fighting for Israel, um, you say, well, but we don't have that anymore. Uh, I'll tell you what we do have. He still fights for me. I guarantee you he fights for me. Uh, when I call out to him and I need his help, he fights for me, and he sends troops. Exodus 14, so the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea, sea beside Pi-Hahiroth before Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, and by the way, that's near Mahaya, if you're wondering uh, where that is, or Mexico, as the Californians say. Um, and when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So naturally, we're trapped between the enemy and the sea. We're afraid. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we, that, that we should die in the wilderness. So their only thought is, we don't want to go out there. We'd rather serve the Egyptians than to go out and die. That is a lie of the devil. You're better off here serving the enemy. Don't try to escape. Don't try to do what God wants you to do. Don't even give him a chance to deliver you. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Means they didn't even make heaven. You will never see these people again. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, whom I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. And then look at verse 19. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And I love this. The angel of God. Singular. The angel. How many angels does it take? Turns out one. How many you got? All I need is one. I got him on the inside. I know I got angels on the outside. So what you got? You say, well, the enemy's real. So is my God. And greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So if I take a stand and God tells me to take a stand, I hold that ground. You say, where well, you're going to get shot at. That's why you got a shield of faith, and we're going, to get, we're going to get to that in a minute. You say, I'm under attack. Sure you are. You can't march on the gates of hell and not be under attack. But you can't march on the gates of hell if you're sitting on your butts. The angel of God 
who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went before, from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. And if you keep reading the story, the Egyptians pursued, the water came down on them, and they were delivered. You say, well, there's no way forward. You let God decide that. I'm trapped. You're not trapped. Well, there's, 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 there's water. How are we going to cross the water? He can part the water. You think he forgot how? <laughs> Romans 1. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to those that believe, to the Jew first, then to the Greek. That's Romans 1.16. So let me ask you a question. Are you ashamed of the gospel? Before you answer this quickly, look at your last week. Um, there's a thing in courtrooms called a witness stand. A lot of Christians need to think about their witness stand. Because there is no way, if you're a Christian, that the Holy Spirit is not prompting you in situations and with people. If you are listening to his voice, you are hearing it. You may not like what he says, but he's going to prompt you to, to speak the gospel that Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead. And when you keep your mouth shut, that is equivalent to being ashamed of the gospel. He is my Savior. And you don't try to not talk about people unless you're ashamed of them. You say, well, you're being mean. No, you're being mean. Because these poor people out there are suffering and dying and crying their guts out. They go to sleep some nights praying, asking God to send them somebody. And we show up, but we're ashamed. And we don't speak up. Now, I still miss a few, but I am getting tired of missing the few I miss. Galatians 5.1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Um, Jeff, stand up. You, right there, stand up. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had a great visit with him, and he made some decisions. has not been the same since. Could he fall on his butt? Absolutely. I asked him today, how's it going? He says, I don't want to go back. It doesn't mean he can't. It means that you take a stand. Who else feels that way? I don't want to go back. Let me see. No, I don't want any hands. I don't need any hands. Now, I'm not trying to get everybody in the room up because everybody in the room may not be able to stand. And maybe you're not at a place where you don't know, maybe you still do kind of want to go back because you don't know that going forward is better. You need to get around some people 
who have decided to take a stand. It doesn't make them perfect. It doesn't mean they can't go down. It doesn't mean they can't screw up again. It just means they've decided things like this. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't go back. Don't get yourself entangled in that sin anymore. There's nothing back there. I am probably getting shot at more right now than maybe any time in my life. And uh, the problem with the enemy, the miscalculation is, oh, you want to shoot at me? Guess what? I'm going to shoot back. I got a sword, I'll swing it. And you think you're just taking me on? Look around. Look around. Because I am not by myself. I got God in me, and I got angels around me. So you better know what you're doing, and you better know how to bring it. Because we know how to bring it. Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, written to Christians, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Be strong in him, in his power. I got no power. Without him, I got no power. I will fall, bam. By myself, I got no resistance, no power. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So what are we trying to do? The enemy comes and he comes. You got to start by standing and you got to remain standing. And when he's done, you're still standing. Not on your butts, but standing. How do you, how do you pull that off? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities. It's not your wife, your husband, your kids, your boss, the stranger, um, the guy who tries to flip you off or cut you off in traffic, those are, not your, those are not your problems. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities, the powers against the rulers of darkness in this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, in other words, to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So the attack comes, you hold your ground, the attack passes, you go, we made it right? Here's what I know about everybody in this room and watching. You are under attack and you're going to be attacked if you're not being attacked right now, very soon. They're coming. And if you know yourself well enough, you know how they're coming, right? Come on now. You got to know your enemy. You know why? Because your enemy knows you. Their daily briefings. Okay, what do we got on Ellis? I'll just throw a little boom, 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 hit that, and we got it. No, you don't. Well, he's, he's putting up some resistance lately. Hit him anyway. Yeah, but it's, it's not working, boss. He's, he's getting bold. He's going to be a problem because now he's trying to help other people fight. Right? Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, another imperative, 14, not optional. This is a commandment. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with, with which you will be able to quench the, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Love the word all. Shield of faith. They're firing at me. All. None I'm going to get through all. 
And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Now look at the context of your prayer. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So now it's not just about you. Now you're fighting, but sometimes you're standing in the gap for someone else. I think we've seen this in enough war movies, and some of you have been in enough wars to know this. Sometimes someone is under fire, and you get between the, the fire and the person to provide some protection. Your shields, whatever you got. Your vehicles, you get everything and surround the person who's down. Because they're under attack. They can't lift a sword. They can't, they, they can't lift a shield. They're in trouble. So then you stand in the gap, and you pray that God will protect them. Um, so we all know people in trouble and they don't, for whatever reason, they're not in a place to pray for themselves. So what are you doing? You wake up in the middle of the night, you go, what is this about? And then someone comes to mind and now you're, you're praying protection over what? Because the enemy is going to take them out, but you mobilize troops to provide a safe place around them. So he can't do what he's about to do. Then verse 19, and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in change that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Uh, if you've been praying boldness for me, oh, you're in big trouble now. Because I about had enough personally and I about had enough for other people that I know personally and what the enemy's doing to him. He will get in your head, you get in your head, you start running traps, and oh, I'm going to leave because of this, and oh, this, and he said that, and you get locked down on some little issue. Get some big pictures, and make sure whatever you're doing, it's because God told you to do it, and you heard his voice, not because you got emotional. You know how many people would be divorced today if they operated just out of emotion? Let me parenthetically say this. Um, I am not Jesus. I, I'm packing, but I'm not Jesus. And I try to read as much scripture as I possibly can. But you can't say as many words as I do for as many years as I do, and you think, oh, it has to all be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. And you're going to have to extend some grace. Oh, he said that. Okay, take the average. Right? I bet there's some F-bombs dropped in your house, and we're not sizing you up based on a couple of F-bombs. So don't, don't be throwing me away when I ain't throwing you away. And if you don't know what an F-bomb is, ask an Air Force person, and they will tell you. <laughs> Philippians 1. Now, this is Paul writing to these people that he knows. These are not random letters. Church at Philippi, Philippians 1, 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. 
So when we take a stand, it makes the enemy nervous. They realize we're in trouble. Their eminent demise. For to you has, now look at verse 29. Please look at this carefully. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ. It's been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now hears in me. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege, but I'm telling you, it's part of the package. You are going to suffer. No one likes not being liked. No one likes being reje rejected. No one likes any of this. But if you take a stand, someone is not going to like you. Stop trying to get everybody to like you. Now, you don't have to be mean. <sighs> Philippians 4.1. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast. Another imperative. In the Lord, beloved, stand, stand, stand fast, withstand. I hear stories of dads who their children in front of them and the enemy, whoever it may be, the enemy, tells the dad, if you do not renounce Christ, we are going to kill your children in front of you. Would you denounce Christ to save your kid. You see, that's a tough situation. You better have taken a stand before you get to that spot. And I've heard stories where the kids look at their dad and say, Dad, no, it'll be okay. We'll see you soon. Because they know how to take a stand. Now you say, well, that's intense. I'm just reading it out of the Bible. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. So can it get rough? Oh, it can get rough. And when they come for you, they come for you. But not without God's permission, which is a little confusing. But if you're more interested in his glory than your good, you're going to be okay. Well, I don't want to suffer. Let me tell you something. You deny Jesus, you're going to suffer. You're ashamed of the gospel, you're going to suffer because you're going to have to live with you. And the last one, James 4, verse 7. Now, this is a very simple verse, but very powerful when it comes to taking a stand. James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God. Do not misquote this verse. A lot of people will quote the Bible and say, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So if you've been trying to take the devil on without submitting to God, he'd just look at you. You submit yourself to God and say, Father, I yield my life. You are not just my Savior. You're my, you're my Lord. You're the boss of me. So I submit to you. So I'm your child. Whatever you want to do, game on. Here we go. Then you resist the devil. And the Bible talks about fleeing temptation. 
but this is cool. Um, I don't know what it looks like when the devil runs, but it looks like he runs. Right? Resist the devil. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you because you are submitted to God. Stop running from the devil. Make the devil run from you. Take a stand. Someone else took a stand, and that's the only reason I can take a stand, and his sweet name is Jesus. And he took a stand on a hill called Calvary. And that's the only shot I got. And was willing to die for my sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Died on the cross, shed his blood, buried, raised from the dead, did it all to pay for my sin and offer me eternal life. And uh, as a little boy, I said yes. And I'm highly recommending you take a stand today and say, you know what, I'm not living this way anymore and I'm certainly not dying this way. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. And uh, I can assure you, it will be better now and in the long run. Father, thank you so much for your word and Holy Spirit for your work. And... uh, I know there are probably people who are discouraged, some who are Christians and have gone back to something, and they're tired, and they're ready to take a stand. Help them not try to do it alone. Even if they're afraid, help them to rely on you, because yours is a kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. It's all about you, and we can't do anything without you, but our eyes are on you. And for people, Lord, specifically who don't have a clue what would happen to them when they die or they do have a clue and it's terrifying, and today is their day, and they would simply say, God, I'm done. I changed my mind. I'm going to stop saying my way is right and your way is wrong. I'm going to say your way is right when my way is wrong. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sin personally, that he was buried, raised from the dead, and I want him alive in me. I accept the forgiveness of my sin. I accept the gift of eternal life. Come live in me, through me, right now. Change my life. Change my forever. Thank you that my past is forgiven. Not that it didn't happen, but from your perspective, it's as far as the east is from the west. It's gone. Like being born a second time, starting all over. Show me how to live your way, how to grow. Send people to help me know how to walk with you, and once I learn how to get up on my own two feet, take a stand, as has been described. And Father, for believers who are taking a stand but are weary and battle-worn, I pray, Captain of our salvation, that through the person of the Holy Spirit, you would speak to those troops and put wind in their sails and strength in their hands and their feet and their hearts and their minds and give us boldness, Lord, not to back down. This is no time to back down. There are too many hurting people, too much at stake. We love you, we thank you, we praise you, we trust you, and we are so grateful to even know you and to know that you know us and care so personally about us. 
And we ask you to use us. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We'd love to keep this conversation going with you anytime on the website richardellistalks.com. There you'll find the full version of today's talk, plus hundreds more of Richard's challenging and encouraging audio and video talks. Then discover over a thousand cities where Richard Ellis Talks is broadcast. Or you can share a request on the prayer wall. Plus, if you'd like to consider a gift, learn how to join the financial partnership team and so much more at richardellistalks.com. So let's meet again here next time to talk about how God is ready to change your life starting today with Richard Ellis Talks. Richard Ellis Talks.